Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. You want to keep reading Psalm 80? Yeah, or man. Read it, or read again Psalm 80, I should say. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what we do, man. We get we, together, we, we open up the Bible, we read a psalm. That's our thing. And apparently a little playful banter, which... That's right. Not allowed to skip that. We got No. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got to warm up a little bit. You know, when I know when I'm driving in, I need to... Let's ease into this just a little bit. So we're... Let me, get, let me, get, let me get the lips loosened. That's exactly right. All right. That's exactly right. How about you read Psalm 80? All right. From... <laughs> you can't you can't handle it. I can't. I can't handle it. <laughs> All right. Psalm 80 from the New King James Version. There we go. To the chief musician, set to the lilies, a testimony of Asaph, a psalm, maybe to the Assyrians. <laughs> According to the Septuagint. A psalm to the Assyrians. All right. Psalm 80. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. Before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, stir up your strength and come and save us. Restore us, O God. Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry against the prayer of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in great measure. You have made us a strife to our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves." Restore us, O God of hosts. Cause your face to shine, and we will be saved. And you brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the nations and planted it. You prepared room for it and caused it to take deep root, and it filled the land. The hills were covered with its shadow, and the mighty cedars with its boughs. She sent out her boughs to the sea, and her branches to the river. Why have you broken down her hedges? So that all who pass by the way pluck her fruit. The boar out of the woods uproots it, and the wild beast of the field devours it. Return, we beseech you, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see, and visit this vine, and the vineyard which your right hand has planted, and the branch that you made strong for yourself. It is burned with fire. It is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of your countenance. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man, whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will not turn back from you. Revive us, and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. You highlighted yesterday the fact that we have this repeated refrain, yes. intensifying statement to God, asking him to shine his face upon us. Yesterday, we talked about, at the very end of our conversation, the uh, shepherd that we find, that, that, first, that first picture. We talked in about the first a lot of good we, stuff yesterday. Well, we talked about a ton of good stuff. We did. We were really setting the stage, and there's a lot going on in this psalm. I know. And so one image is the shepherd. The shepherd. So let me just say... I. 
okay, so Psalm 80 has not become my favorite psalm, at least not yet, but studying it this week, I really like it. Oh, I like it a lot. I'm, I mean, I'm really into it. It's got this connection to Assyria, this this picture of it possibly happening in that little sliver of time, yes. uh, which really just makes sense to me. I can't prove it. I know I can't be dogmatic about it, but it just seems to fit. In fact, that ties in uh, to, to what I want to talk about today. That and, and let me clarify in case somebody missed our conversation yesterday, that sliver of time between when Assyria conquered Israel and is now marching toward Jerusalem and is winning, is taking fortified cities, according to First King, excuse me, Second Kings chapter eighteen and verse thirteen. My favorite part of the psalm really has to be the metaphor of the vine, the vineyard for mm. Israel, and all yeah. that God has done with that, and what oh, yeah. He can do for it. Sure, a lot of rich pictures in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that one, but let's you know if we if we let's just move into the second segment after okay. that after that first refrain the tears so the bread we, of tears well actually let's start at verse four okay. oh Lord God of hosts how long will you be angry with your people's prayers mm-hmm. against the prayer of your people so I know I know with all the angst I had in Psalm seventy four and the questions about how long. I know folks might be saying, well, why? Do you realize that was six weeks ago? No kidding. You really need to process your angst. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe everybody's forgotten it. I know. But I just, I I know that probably some folks are asking, why why aren't you angsty about this one where he says, how long? Don't you remember Jeremiah? I often come to the office and I wonder, what will he be angsty about today? (laughs) Why aren't you angsty about this? How how long? (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it's, how long will you be angsty? How long will you be angsty, Edwin? And and how long will you not be angsty? It just... It just depends. I don't know. Um, I guess I'm fickle or capricious, unlike Yahweh, who is neither of those things. Anyway, oh, Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? Um, now, I get that in the overarching story here in Psalms, this this particular poem is placed in a section of Psalms that really does help us envision or poeticize what was going on with Judah and Babylon. They, I think they're using this particular psalm to help them process and deal with their Babylonian captivity. However, it seems pretty apparent to me that this psalm is about Israel, the northern kingdom. We have the Septuagint that says that it actually is a song to Assyria, so very, very early, or a song about Assyria for the Assyrian, very, very early there was the understanding this is about Assyria who conquered Israel. Mm-hmm. The northern kingdom. And there's all this comment about restoration and restoring yeah. and, and all of those things, which again, I think if you go back to Second Chronicles chapter 30, where you see restoration and restoring yeah. and the same word used talking about turning to the Lord, I think we've got a connection there. I think we actually have a time where it makes a whole lot of sense to me for somebody to be saying how long. And I mentioned this yesterday, so let me just, mm-hmm. I'll just repeat it again. Israel has, or excuse me, Assyria has conquered Israel right. and now set its sights on Judah. Yeah, we, we even said the, the cities of Judah are starting to fall. I mean, there's smoke rising in the distance. Yes, yeah. but they have been restoring. They have been praying properly. They have been worshiping. They've, they've repaired the temple. They've restored the feast. They've gotten rid of high places. Hezekiah has done all of this. Yeah. But Judah is still falling. Assyria is st- uh, stepping their way towards Jerusalem, right. and they are being victorious. They right. have not been held at the borders of the region. They are on their way to the capital city. I can completely understand why somebody in that scenario is crying out to God, how long will you be angry? Mm -hmm. I mean, I get why you were angry when we weren't doing what you said. In fact, if if I'm right about when this was written, I know that a contemporary prophet of the time was Isaiah. 
Sure. And you know, Isaiah in Isaiah chapter one and verse 12 will tell you sometimes, well, will tell you why God gets angry with prayer. Here it is, Isaiah 1 and verse 12. He says, When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me, which, by the way, incense is used as a symbol, as a picture of prayers. Yeah, going up to God. Going up to God. Yeah. So he says, your incense is an abomination to me. That that's That's like saying your prayers are an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They've become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Get this page turned without ripping it. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. So Isaiah sets the stage for why God is angry at prayers. Well, and I notice he also gives the uh, the prescription there at the end, right? Yes. You know, wash your hands and, and do those good things. Love God, love your neighbor. Yeah, love God, love your neighbor. So then the question becomes, okay, if I'm doing that, how long do I... How, need yeah, to be doing how, that before we see we, we've started God that we show up and you know, save us and you've responded to the the whole restoration of the Passover feast you've you know there's there's all these things that that they are getting right and yet Assyria is still marching toward Jerusalem and they're having victory and mm-hmm. and I don't understand how long are you going to be angry with our prayers I get why you used to be angry with our prayers but you're a merciful God just recently. Uh, I've been studying the name of the Lord as he revealed it there in Exodus 34. We've mentioned it tons here in talking about the Psalms, but I recently was able to dig into God being merciful. And one of the things I got out of it is God is merciful and he's merciful all the time. He's merciful every time. When you turn to God for mercy, he wants to be merciful to us. Mm -hmm. But here is a scenario where they feel like they're turning to God for mercy and he's not being merciful. You're still being angry at us. I'm going to say that the Psalm recounts that they are feeling judged from God because after verse four, how long are you going to be against our prayers? But then he says, you've fed us the bread of tears. We have been drinking tears in great measure. Mm-hmm. You've made us a strife. Our enemies are laughing among themselves. Well, th- think about Nothing's that going right. Think about that verse five. This is, this is like a reversal of what was happening while God was caring for them when they were wilderness wanderers. Okay. Because he... The bread of heaven was The bread of heaven, but now he's giving them the bread of tears. Now instead of the water from the rock, they're getting water from their own tears. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've made us an object of contention for our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. You know, when they were wandering through the wilderness and heading into the promised land, the enemies were quaking in their boots. That's right. We know what happened to Egypt. We know what happened at the Red Sea. We've seen what you've done to Og and... Uh, Sihon, we've we've seen these things, and they were shaken in their boots. But now mm-hmm. we're an object of contention. Which, of course, remember uh, Rob Shaki coming before the walls of Jerusalem and oh, yeah. deriding God and deriding Judah, and, and they're and like, uh, "Don't feel like you have to say that in Hebrew." Uh. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Okay, so now here's the thing. I get it in this Psalm. The Psalm itself doesn't doesn't resolve other than just by faith. We know you're going to take care of this. Right, we know you are, but if we are talking about something that's happening in that sliver of time between Assyria conquering Israel and as Assyria is working towards Jerusalem, I actually do know what happened there. 
I do know how that ended. Yeah. And and what I what I realize is that Sennacherib and Rabshaki end up at Jerusalem. They mock, they revile, they belittle, and Hezekiah does pray. And Isaiah comes to Hezekiah and said, God is hearing your prayers, mm-hmm. and he's going to take care of this. And in one night, God kills 185,000 soldiers of the enemy. In right. one night, this happens. And I and then Sennacherib ends up ultimately with tail tucked between his legs, heads home. And then while worshiping in the house of his weak god— who can't prote- who who couldn't conquer Jerusalem and now can't protect Sennacherib in his own house gets killed by his sons and so I know how all that ends and what I realize as I as I piece this together in the history is that there are times when it feels like God is not listening. There are times when it feels like, you know, God, how much do I have to repent? How much do I have to restore? I've been turning to you. I have been praying. How long are you going to be angry at my prayers? When I when I get to this psalm and I recognize it in that historical context, what I understand is that if God is holding off, if he has not actively extended his mercy, it's because the mercy that he is ultimately going to extend is greater than my present request and my present imagination. Because that's what God did. Mm-hmm. Rather than just stopping Sennacherib at the borders of Judah, he let him get all the way up to that city, and then he stomped him in a spectacular, magnificent, God-glorifying, Judah-and-Jerusalem-delivering way that demonstrated his power and his is dominion over Sennacherib. Mm-hmm. And I just think, what, what a powerful thing. And so I get it. There's times when it feels like he's angry at my prayers, but just keep praying because he's got something in store that's going to be better than I can imagine. And so maybe one of the other things that's coming out here is that you you keep praying, but the prayers, if you're not living right, the prayers can be odious, right? I mean, wasn't that the point of reading the passage in Isaiah? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's where they were. That's where but I'm talking started. about if I've restored, if I yeah. am restored, yeah. if I have been seeking mercy, if I am, I, there's still going to be times when it feels like God is angry at my prayers. Because mm-hmm. that, that's what I think is going on here. Okay. That there, it's not... Yeah, that which is why I'm not angsty about it because I think this is one of those situations where like, yeah, why aren't you responding mm, yet? Yeah, I, I mean, I get it if they were still like they were uh, before Hezekiah's restoration. I see the I way see. Isaiah was talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah, I get why God would be angry, but now they have been restoring, mm. they have been praying properly, and Assyria is still heading towards Jerusalem. Yeah, why? Because God has something planned that is more magnificent than they realized, and that's what I need to remember. When I'm in that scenario, yes, yes. Okay. Step one: if I'm living in sin, don't think my my prayers. God's going to be angry at my prayers. Yeah. But if I have surrendered and I have submitted, there are going to be times when it may feel like that. But God has plans. Let me hang on to Him. That that, that maybe yeah. I wasn't clear about that. Okay. So as we wrap up, let me say those two things. <laughs> in fact, let's go ahead and say a prayer now. Amen. Holy God, uh, thank you, thank you for this psalm. And I am so thankful that you are leading us by this psalm to understand your great goodness and your mercy, that we understand that if you are saying no to us as your faithful children, that it's because you have something greater in store for us. Lord, however, if our problem is, is that we are praying on one day, but living impenitently in sin the next We'd ask that you would bring us to repentance. We'd ask that you would make it clear to us the changing and submission that we need to do before you. And so we do bow before you and we seek your mercy and we pray that you would draw us to you. And Father, we are so thankful that you are our God. We love you. 
thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.